My name is Key. I am a key. And could you perhaps be my keyhole? The Tuning Japanese, a podcast where three dudes in their 30s talk about anime. Don't you mean two dudes? Uh, oh, well, uh, yeah, should we, let's introduce ourselves first and then we'll, we'll address that, I suppose. Uh, he's a Himalayan giant anteater, it's Bill! Lock up your ants, folks. <laughs> that's wait, what? What? <laughs> that, I don't think it's that kind of aunt, it's not aunt, uh... And uh, I'm a Mexican anglerfish to the extreme. My name is Andy. We are missing our long-lost friend, uh, our long-lost friend, Josh, who is... Uh, we are taking uh, uh, replacements. <laughs> uh, send your resumes oh, to... Oh, 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 to tuningjapanese yep. at gmail.com? Um, <laughs> yeah, well, uh, we, first of all, you'll notice we are live on Google this time again. No, we are not going to make this a normal thing. We are going to eventually get back down into the Tuning Japanese recording studio. But it just so happened that this was going to be the best way for it to work out with our schedules. We had something else going on Friday. More on that later uh, at some point. But, yeah, it was we're here, and uh, Josh is not right. because I think this episode killed him. It's possible. I, either that or he just doesn't answer well, I have text a confession. Message, one of the two. Um, although I have mm-hmm. watched this episode three times in my prep work, I could not bring myself to watch it yet again. <sighs> well, it's it's okay because I just watched it probably like two hours ago. So it's still fairly fresh in my brain. Uh, so we'll be able to really get into, into depth in this one. And because Josh is gone, being our head research guy, I had to take it upon myself to do the work of researcher and in doing so, I used the best sort of research. I used a pop-up video uh, on the DVD. So you'll get some actual real research yet again this episode. So uh, if you like this episode, let us know. And we'll keep doing the pop-up. Uh, the pop-ups. If you though. like this episode, uh, send your resume to Tuning Japanese. <laughs> so uh, before... What was that? He's going to be so mad. Yeah, he will be. Uh, before we get... To our actual review, let's talk about some nerd news, shall we? We shall. Bill! Yes. Start us off with some nerd news. Well, this is angry, entitled male nerd news for once. Oh, Lord. Now, let's be very clear. When you say angry, entitled, you know, male, white male, whatever news, we even though we are white males, we are not part of that entitled. No, we're not angry and entitled about Exactly. All right. Just want to, I want to make that very clear. All right. Go ahead. So from the uh, from the same douchebags that brought you the Ghostbusters controversy, <laughs> um, the internet is now losing its mind about the casting of the new Mary Jane. And why are they losing their mind about this, Bill? Because she's African-American, Hispanic. I'm not entirely sure, to be honest. I, I'm not familiar with the actress. I'm, I'm not either. Do you, do you I, I don't name? know anything about her. Let's see. I can tell you her name is... Zendaya. 
which is why I couldn't remember it. Or Zendaya. Zen- that's a cool name. Um, apparently she's uh she's like a Nickelodeon actress. Okay. There's some there's some chops right there. And that's literally all I know. Um, yeah. I've seen one picture of her. I've seen a few since. And she's cast as Mary Jane, and people are losing so, their minds. So obviously, about it. people are pissed off mostly because. Mary Jane, for those of you who, I mean, I'm sure most people who are watching this probably know enough about Spider-Man, have seen the Spider-Man movies, have read the Spider-Man comics, know that Mary Jane Watson is a is a redhead. Yes. Uh, a, a white redhead. A white redhead. A Caucasian uh, redhead. And there are people who are already freaking out. So this is, our, yet again, our another movie comes out where people freak out. We had this, like you said, with Ghostbusters. Yep. We had this with um, with uh, oh uh, Star Wars, the newest Star Wars. Then it came out, right? People freaked out yep. because oh my god, there's a black Jedi. Well, that uh, well Stormtrooper, I think. Oh I yeah, well Stormtrooper, yeah, whatever. Wars. I don't, I don't know my Star Wars. There's a female lead in a uh, uh, black Stormtrooper, and that became God a huge forbid, thing. God forbid. Um, I do agree on one tiny point. Mary Jane should be a redhead. So dire, so dire hair. Yeah, I mean, you, know, you totally could. It's, you totally could, or even like do do something subtle, you know, like maybe do some like red tips or something, like just just pull it, pull it in there somehow. Well, it's know? a comic book universe. I mean, there's no reason that somebody of a non-Caucasian ethnicity can't have red hair in a universe right. where there are aliens, oh, and gods, and giant green rage monsters who pants whose pants don't fly off when he transforms. <laughs> there's way more things that that uh, strain the credibility of the universe. Right. Then, Fair oh my enough. God, a woman of color has red hair. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we are reviewing anime, so, I mean, Hyatt has blue hair, so. Right, well, Storm has white hair. Mm-hmm. That is true, like, completely white yeah, hair. Yeah. It... So not a huge deal. Yeah. I don't know. Um, now, the picture that's out, did is that an actual cast photo, or is that just a picture of the actress? I think that's just a picture of the actress. I don't think that's so... in costume or... Mm-hmm. Anything of the sort. So there's still a possibility they could do that. Yeah, and in fact, I think they probably will. And like I said, I, I, I think, uh, I, I think, give her red hair, dye it red, boom, done. There you go. You know. Uh, so I, I wonder how long this. When does that movie come out? Do we know? Like, is it is it I, next year? I don't know. Um, to be honest, I've sort of given up on Marvel movies. Um, <laughs> oh. it's not that they're terrible. I just, I don't have quite the same zeal for them. I don't go see them. So, uh, yeah, definitely uh, we'll see what happens with that and, and what how it'll end up with uh, with this new actress playing Mary Jane, and we'll see how the how long the uh, butthurt white entitled masses uh, will go along with that. Oh, it, it will. I, forever. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. <sighs> Vote Donald Trump. Um, so, <laughs> um, my news this week has to do with a, a video game, and it makes sense. We are on live on Twitch today, uh, since we're doing this over the old internet. Uh, and we're going to talk about a, you know, one of our favorite topics on this show. One of our favorite games on this show. And no, I'm not talking about Overwatch. Uh, I'm talking about Fallout 4. And Fallout 4 is going to have a brand new uh, DLC, I believe their final DLC. That's what's being said. I mean, there's a few people yeah. going, well, maybe it's not the end, but I think they're just... Hoping that it's not the end. Right, that they're going to put some more stuff out. Uh, so the last DLC is going to be uh, what kind of sounds like the equivalent of Far Harbor, where there's going to be 
it's going to be a more kind of like story, I think maybe driven DLC. But I mean, I when know. I watched a trailer, when I watched a trailer, I wasn't as sure though. Um, so the tra- latest trailer dropped uh, on August fifteenth. Uh, the DLC comes out August thirtieth, and uh, Nuka World is exactly kind of what it sounds like. It's a Disney World sort of thing. Um, but using, obviously, in the Fallout universe, uh, using Nuka-Cola as kind of the uh, the backdrop for everything within this, like, amusement park. I suppose maybe even, uh, instead of Disney World, maybe a little bit of Busch Gardens, because that was a beverage that... Yes, I guess I, I, that's probably a better um, comparison there. Uh, so if you haven't had a chance to go check out the video on YouTube, go check it out. There's some, it, there's some, actually, some, have you seen the, the video on YouTube yet for it? I've seen a video. I don't know if it's the video we're talking about. I saw one. I think maybe one I saw was just a teaser. Yeah, there was the there was a teaser, and there was a whole kind of like full blown one where they show you a ton of stuff that's going to be in the DLC. Uh, we get a a really good look at the at the theme park, which at first seems like it's lively, but then as they pan back, that you realize that the theme park is actually destroyed. Um, obviously, post apocalyptic right. uh, nuclear <laughs> annihilation has gotten rid of most of the theme park. Um, but uh, they then go to show some scenes where some of the rides are working. I'm assuming they're going to give you stuff so you can build rides. Yeah, I would assume that be your point is that you i mean what would be the point of doing that if not letting you actually build roller coasters or, or at least fix them mm-hmm. yeah exactly doing something along those lines um so they they showed a lot uh like, like actually the characters and stuff on the rides uh there's different roller coasters they actually showed a first person view that when you're riding on a roller coaster and that was pretty cool um there is a nuka-cola armor for uh for the for the mech suits um uh, for the power armor there was like a wild rush, a wild west shooting gallery. The the weirdest thing that I saw is there actually were more aliens. Really, um, there were a bunch of aliens with blasters. Huh. So they're apparently going back to that storyline, you know, about you know, there's a lot of fan theory and storyline about like aliens. Obviously, there's an alien in the game, right? Uh, that you get the alien blaster from, but there were a couple of them shooting more alien blasters uh, in the trailer. So that was kind of kind of interesting. So new alien blaster ammo, or more alien blaster ammo? Yeah, which which would be good. Right. Um, they showed a bunch. They they actually they I think they added some different um, other bad guys. Like there were uh, some different bugs. Uh, that looked like kind of a little bit smaller and more like a swarm. Like, you know, they have added core bad guys to fight. It looks like there's actually going to be quite a bit added. And I know that uh, they actually had a scene in the, the trailer where they showed uh, Red Rocket and something like surrounding it. So there must be new building material too. Oh, cool. Well, I mean, there are multiple Red Rockets in the game. Not just the one you use. True. Your- True. That that is true. So maybe there'll be another red rocket you can actually build around or something. And I think the other part of it is you're supposed to be able to actually command um, gangs of raiders. Oh, really? That was what I heard. The one of the big draws was you can build your own gang. That's kind of cool. I kind of like that. So I'm I'm looking forward to that DLC. Um, I think my pocketbook is tired of paying for DLC, but uh, but overall, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to that, especially because No Man's Sky did not grip me as much as I thought it would. So I'm going to probably be falling back to Fallout as my game to play. That's why uh, I uh, I got the season pass because I figured I know I dropped I completely dropped the ball on that. Uh, so yeah, that comes out August 30th. Definitely check that out. It will be I think a ton of fun, especially if you are a fan of Fallout. Uh, if you are a red dude, uh, you definitely should check that out. I just uh, downloaded. Vault Tech today and started it, so nice. I've taken a long break from playing Fallout. So 
Um, I, I was dinking around. to get back with, on it. Well, yeah, exactly. I, I finished the game, and so that took all my drive away. I started a mm-hmm. second character, a melee character, and uh, played it a little bit, but yeah, I never got around to actually getting vault Tech started. vault Tech has uh, my favorite character in the entire Fallout 4 game. The Overseer Gould? No, I hate her. I killed her. Oh, that's, that's um, not... oh, that's all as far as I've got. I built her a desk. Okay. That's literally as far as um, I've got. So, I mean, you know the premise, right? Like, that you can do, like, experiments on... Yeah, yeah, like, so far. Uh, yeah, so... So, like, at, early on in the game, she's like, we need people to experiment on. So, like, people show up, like, candidates. Yeah. And the the last of the candidates that show up is my absolute favorite Fallout 4 character. <laughs> I love him. I love everything about him. He's he's so amazing. Well, I'm looking forward to uh, meeting him. Yeah. I think, I believe, I believe, it's been a little bit side played in, in the vault, but I believe his name was Clem. And Clem is amazing. Uh, Derek Crotcher on the side on Twitch says, have you seen Suicide Squad? Yes! I have seen Suicide Squad, and I was completely unimpressed. I don't even know if... Did we talk about... I don't think we talked about that on mic at all. I don't think so. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. Bill, You, I'm, sh- I'm sure you haven't seen it. I haven't seen it, no. And, it was and not I, good. I've heard. My wife was excited about seeing it. Um, but now that we've heard, it's pretty much crap. I haven't bothered. Yeah, I did not like it. And I know a lot of people who, personally, who did like it a lot. But I went in with expectations of like, okay, this is going to be gritty and dark and I, I i think i was one of the only ones going in really who was like of like maybe the people like in our circle that was like i think this could be like the best joker and like not immediately hating the look of the joker and think but then i watched and i'm like i fucking hate this joker this joker is so bad i i have to admit i'm not crazy about the uh the millennial joker mm-hmm. um but i was gonna give it a fair shake um i know people yeah. threw a fit about heath ledger and look at how that turned out Right, um, he was fantastic. Exactly, he was everything you want the Joker to be. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I didn't. Again, I'm not doing the angry entitled nerd rant, <laughs> but I was not super optimistic about it. And you were right to not be because it was just for me personally, at least. I, I did not like it. Um, I thought that it, it tried to be very funny mm-hmm. um, with, and it relied heavily on one-liners. And most of those one-liners fell flat to me. So uh, a only- typical Will Smith movie. Yeah. I, you know, now, to be fair, Will Smith was actually pretty good in it. I liked Will Smith and his character. It was your typical Will Smith character, but I liked him in this. And I really liked Harley Quinn. And that's about it. Right. So, so yeah, that was Suicide Squad. All right. Episode 21 of Excel Saga and episode 21 of Tuning Japanese uh, will be about visually appealing type. Now, I want to preface this. This is one, number one. This is Bill's week to do our review, as Yo. we mentioned earlier. Hi. Uh, <laughs> number two, I want to say, um, it's probably good that we only have two of us because I feel like, while yes, I have some interesting things to talk about now that I know a little bit more about some of the things they're referencing, uh, this episode is not great. We want to just freight train our way through it and yeah, put it behind us. If we had three of us, it we would take a little longer than is necessary for this episode. I don't think it deserves it. Although, as I as I will say again, I think this episode is a little bit better than I initially thought it was. But we'll get there when we get to the final uh, kind of review. So, uh, Bill, yes, take it away. Episode twenty one, visually appealing type. All right, we open with a bolt of energy that streaks towards Earth. In a stadium, Koshi Rikdo sings his permission to turn Excel Saga into a rock anime. Yeah! Rock and roll! 
Sorry. The streaking comet strikes the stadium and rises away to reveal that it was a stamp of permission. Yes, we get a rock concert and Koshi and rock animes and explosions and stamps. It's it starts off good. Duncan Hines coffee. Yeah. Brutal. Do you like coffee? <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Um We can't start quoting Death Clock, we'll be here all night. We will be here all night. Theme song. Theme song. <laughs> After the theme, we cut to a huge navy that is being approached by an insanely fast yacht. Anime pretty boy in a Final Fantasy leftover costume stands Titanic style at the bow. <laughs> oh, it's so true. He's he has the most dramatic entrance. Right? Super dramatic. Dumb outfit. And that's saying something for the show. That is saying a lot for the show, yeah. honestly, because there are a lot there's a lot of dumb outfits, a lot of shoulder pads, and you would think that you couldn't get any worse, but hey, here's my question. Yeah. There are several shots of Key, uh, the character's name is Key, as we'll find out. Um, there are several shots of him where you can see um, behind him, and he's wearing, you can see like a weird little like thong thing. Is his ass bare? I think so. That's kind of how I took it, but I didn't, I don't know for sure. I, I don't know either. I was really confused by his outfit. Like he just had chaps on? Yeah, like he had like, like chaps, and like he has this like weird like BDSM like harness. Uh, harness or something right with like a cross on it i yeah i, I don't know like oh I said, my god what bill what he had a cross on his chest i maybe i think that just blew my mind i think that is a reference to his organization maybe i don't know that because i just said a cross and that's oh anyway sorry uh go ahead continue on hyatt and excel hail il palazzo but he can't see excel because she is tiny Oh, she is so teeny tiny, but why? Well, she says they failed the task to find a Mexican anglerfish, a Himalayan giant anteater, and his shy childhood friend with glasses and big boobs. <laughs> Those things do not exist in the world, non-existent in the original work. And they weren't in the last episode at all either, right? No. What was episode 20? Was That wasn't the Menchie's, Menchie's episode number two, right? That was episode 19, I think. I... I delete these after I get done, so I don't know. Oh, fair enough, fair enough. I was trying to think. I, I was trying to. Oh, because twenty was a recap. Yeah, yeah, twenty was a recap. That's yeah, because we were because we were going to do things that were things with that. Right. Right. So actually, honestly, that could be technically a reference to episode nineteen, yeah, where, where Hyatt and Excel were put on a on like a wild goose chase for a whole bunch of shit. Right. So there we go. So so again, our our whole idea of her recapping the last episode still continues on. All right. So apparently that stuff uh, didn't get the permission from Koshi Richto. That's why they couldn't do it. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, she scaled down to one one forty fourth scale to express her regret. <laughs> I love that. That's so random. And a tiny string opens a tiny yes! trap door, and we get a tiny arg. From Excel, <laughs> and we got a tiny plunk. Now that was a good bit. That was. I laughed at that. I would give you that. That was. That was really well done. Lord Shithead takes some blame for once about his bad plans. Excel will have none of it. He says that he was con- contacted by a cross HQ again. I thought they were it. Um, <laughs> Pretty boy is the messenger from HQ. He's late. His name is Key. He is a key, and he wants Excel to know to be his keyhole. Yeah, ah. that was dirty. Now we're up to speed. Now we are. I, I, can you perhaps be my keyhole, he says. That's just so creepy and gross and wrong. 
Excel nosebleeds steam, and El Palazzo gets all pissy and <laughs> thinks about killing Key. I love, I love his like inner monologue, like Il Palazzo. Like, okay, I'm saying love a lot, so like, I feel like there are parts of this episode that I really do enjoy. Uh, but like, there that whole inner monologue when he's, he just starts going off. He's like, he's like, oh, I just want to kill him. I'm going to murder him. Like, I just want to destroy him and murder him right now. And it's just, it's so great. He's so jealous of Key. Well, he finally has enough of this crap and demands the message. Key prepares his microphone and guitar, playing a solo, starting a song, and then he doesn't feel like playing it. Yeah. Now, now here's my first bit of research. Okay. Key um, is actually an interesting named character. The whole idea of him and his singing and his like kind of visual look is actually taking a jab at a, t- a style of music in Japan. Okay. Called uh, visual type or visual key. Okay. Uh, so, so it's it's I think it's K E I, and I, it probably is pronounced something similar to key. Okay. Uh, so because of that, um, we, they you know they name the character key, and that's where we get the idea of visually appealing type. Gotcha. Um, because that is actually a reference to the music, the Japanese style of music. Now, the Japanese style of music of key or visual key is. It started, I believe, in the '80s, maybe the late '80s, and it's kind of similar to like our glam rock. All right, okay. Um, where the performers are all usually pretty androgynous. They use lots of makeup. Um, their outfits are really outlandish and crazy. So he's Japanese D. Snyder. Yes. Okay. What What happened with that, though, and actually what is actually kind of clever about this, is that that style kind of obviously fell out over time, and but it, but it still persisted. People still use that style of music. And uh, the later musicians in that genre, especially in the late 90s and the early 2000s, were often mocked for not having the same type of soul to create that type of music, that they were just going for the visual look, but not actually the sound or the, the feel of it, which goes along with exactly what Key says in the episode when he says, I've lost my soul uh, to do this. So it's actually a very smart, leveled kind of critique that was of a, and a complete cut. Japanese style of music. So he does say that he can't do it because his heart is bound by a chain made of roses. I don't know if that was a reference to a song or just... That might be, honestly. That might be a reference to an actual Japanese song. So the boss orders the girls to stay with Key until he feels like he can sing. And they're okay with this. (laughs) They are. They definitely are. Sploosh. (laughs) Uh, This works out since their part-time job this episode is at a club. Uh, Hyatt Mm -hmm. points out that the outfits are boobtastic. Yes. um, do Do you know what those outfits are? Boobtastic? They are. Um, Hyatt does say that, but they actually are um, representations of a famous chain restaurant in Hawaii and Japan okay. called, Anna, called Anna Miller's. Okay. And apparently it's a it's a restaurant that's – they're really well known for their breakfast food and then like their, their desserts like pie. Okay. So it's kind of like a uh, – Japanese Hooters? Uh, like – yeah, maybe like or like a village inn, or oh. uh, what's the uh, the equivalent of village inn? Baker Square. Uh, yeah, Bob Evans. Bob Evans, those kind of things. Like that, it's kind of like one of those. It's a down home kind of like oh. you can, yeah. And all the waitresses wear outfits like that. Usually different, like they have different colors depending upon where they are. But they have like that kind of cut off thing where the breasts are like really uh, shown there. So Boob Evans. Boob Evans down on the farm. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Excel says she's just drawing attention to herself, but it's okay because that is the idea of these dresses. Uh, Key gets on stage and hears a group of bird punks arguing that the vocalist, 
Pokey <laughs> is gone and never fit in anyway. Really? Is it Pokey? The the vocalist that's not there is Pokey. Oh, that's fit. For those who are, well, I mean, no one would know. We have a friend that we call Pokey, and that's just funny to me. Yeah, no, that's, that, I, I giggled. That, that is awesome. I'll have yeah, to the- show him this episode. Exactly. These bird things are fucking weird, by the way. Yeah. Like they're 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 scrawny, uh, gangly, and I'm guessing they're British by their accents. Right. I assume. Like they're like British rockers, and they have these like ridiculously large bird wings, and they have these ridiculous beaks that are like you can see the strings that are wrapped around their ears. Yeah, they're the they're the Mohawk so brothers. Right. Yeah, they all have mohawks too. Yeah, well they have mohawks and they're mohawks, so birds. Ha! I didn't get that. That's a good pun. You didn't? Really? No, I didn't catch that. Uh, yeah, that, I didn't catch that. Of course, the Mohawks make them look more like cockatoos, but whatever. Yeah, well, you know, whatever. Um. Anyway, they're upset that the recording executive will be here tonight, and that's a really tight spot for them not having a vocalist. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Key comes in and tells them that he's a vocalist, and then hours later, the girls realize they lost Key just as he gets on stage. <laughs> well, that's, that's convenient, at least. That's, that's convenient. Yeah. Key starts to sing bullshit really quickly, and the Mohawks all transform from the chicken outfits in until into '80s rocker types. Okay, now they, they, it is not it is nonsense, but it's not because this is actually another bit of research that I I found this mo- the most interesting thing about the entire episode. Um, the actual song that he's singing is actually a series of tongue twisters in Japan. Okay, and in the English version, they actually translate it directly as it would be, and if you listen to hit the actual lyrics and what he's saying in English, they don't really sound like tongue twisters, but I have all of the translations of, of the lines, and I'm going to read a couple of them so you can see how they would be tongue twisters in Japan. Okay. And they were, and tongue twisters, I guess, in Japan are meant to be said a whole bunch of times in a row, kind of like tongue twisters here, but that's really the focus. And sometimes they'd be really short, and you're supposed to just say them really fast over and over and over again. Like the first line that uh, in English is, the guy next door is a guest that eats a lot of persimmons. <laughs> Huh. And that that apparently is a uh, Japanese tongue twister that uh, translates to uh, Tawari no kai, uh, Kayaka ka, sorry Kayaku wa Yoku Kaki o Ku Kayaku da. So there's a lot of K sounds and uh-huh. a lot of Y and U sounds. Uh, so that's why there's a tongue twister. The next thing he says is Tokyo Patent Office, which <laughs> <Huh. laughs> which translates to Tokyo Tokyo Kayoka. Kaioku. Oh wow! So like all four words basically are the exact same. And I'm gonna read. I'll read. Uh, I'll read some of these other ones just real quick, okay. just because they're Go really ahead. weird. Uh, there are two chickens in the yard, which is Niwa ni Niwa Niwatori ga iru. Uh, the monk skillfully drew a painting of a monk on a folding screen. Uh, Bozu ga Jozu ni. Boyabu ni boyuzu no io kaita. Uh, and then another one, raw I wheat. I something about Bazooka Joe. Probably did. Uh, raw wheat, raw rice, raw eggs, which is namamugi, namagomi, naga, tamago. <laughs> he also then says red rolled paper, blue rolled paper, yellow rolled paper, which is akamakigami, aobakigami, ki makigami. And the last one in the song is red pajamas, brown pajamas, blue pajamas, or aka pajama, cha pajama, au pajama. Wow. Because <laughs> pajama apparently doesn't have a translation. Okay. <laughs> so there you go. There, That is what the fuck he was saying and what the hell was going well, on. Well, it's good he said it because the crowd loves it. 
and they want they want an encore. Yes. But he blames the rock goddess and leave. <laughs> Such bullshit. I don't know what's going on. He needs to leave Sharon Dindon all alone. But <laughs> <laughs> I got crush. Uh, I know you do. After a commercial break, we are with Navajin 1, 2, and 3. Yes. Contemplating how to save Pedro's wife and Miss Will. Mm-hmm. Navajin says that he never thought that man would be so strong, but gives Pedro a place to go train up to his full potential. Nobby's hole. Yes, which, by the way, is dirty as fuck. Uh, <laughs> but number but number two is actually paying homage to uh, Tiger's Hole, which is... Uh, don't giggle. <laughs> which is... Which was a training center in the anime Tiger Mask. That is a really dangerous thing to do. I guess that's why it's good training. <laughs> Sandora is all about going and getting trained up together. He's all about Nobby's Hole. Right. So back at the club. Where's Shioji? Where's Shioji? Sorry. Uh, so back at the club, Sabbat. Or Sabat. Yes. Club Sabat or Sabbat. Yes. So they're not at Club Camarilla. Yeah, no, not, not, yeah. There's a deep cut joke. Uh, I like that one. That was good. Uh, Kia speaking to a woman, I assume is the producer. I imagine the manager, producer, whatever. Uh, yeah. He said that he's just helping the Mohawks out, but the producer wants him. The Mohawks show up mm-hmm. and they're all pissed about this. Oh, yeah. Another screen painting. Yes, we get that a lot in this anime. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, I like that painting too. I actually have it hanging in my basement, but uh, <laughs> they get back off a little. And then they all melt the goo. Yeah. Um, Hyatt weird. and Excel show up and take Key away. The producers try to talk him into staying with her and invites him to a rock festival tomorrow. Mm-hmm. No one else present is invited. Very definitively. You know what I noticed in this scene? Huh. That Key has nipples. Like, they actually animated his nipples. Which is kind of uncommon for a lot of anime characters, unless yeah. you're watching dirty anime. Right, right. So is that because of the whole like androgyny thing? Is that you think that's why they drew the nipples? I think maybe that he's supposed to be so, again, visually appealing, so far out, such a eccentric look that, you know, maybe the maybe the uh, Japanese David Bowie's you know expose their nipples and oh. that's just the thing that they do. I I don't know. That, I'm just that's, that's interesting. I just oh, figured that, it's it's counterculture and would be shocking to that culture, so... Right, definitely. We cut to Watanabe at home, uh, waiting like a fucking creeper for Hyatt to return so he can invite her to dinner. Using coupons he got from work, he's a real class act. I love that Watanabe has a scene. I miss Watanabe so much. Uh, Hyatt appreciates the offer, but she has a guest, Key, tonight, <laughs> and heads into the apartment with him in Excel. Her exact quote was, I have a gentleman sleeping with us tonight, <laughs> which he freaks the fuck out. And Iwata and Zumiyoshi bust his balls. They do. They Oh, poor, poor Watanabe. Watanabe just wants love with Miss Ayasugi. They make sure he thinks there's a menage a boing going on next door. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so terrible. Uh, Key doesn't want anything to eat. His soul and body are starving. <laughs> I feel like we should have Josh on for this just so he could read the lines of like Key. Oh my god, <laughs> he would be perfect for Gothy. Key. Yes. My soul and body are starving. <laughs> um, Excel strings up a curtain. Uh, disappointed. All they want to do is sleep. Uh huh. They, both of them. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, <laughs> They turn in, and Excel realizes she's sleeping next to a corpse when the spotlight hits, silhouetting Key. <laughs> okay, I know I said I hated this episode, but I'm laughing a lot at this. I love this next scene. 
Yeah, the uh, the we got an awful suggestive shadow of a head <laughs> of a guitar. Sal gets all bothered watching him play and praised the praised the old palazzo. Oh my god, it's the, the spotlight. I mean, just the entire scene of him playing the guitar, and it just looks like his like a massive dong, and <laughs> and he's just rubbing up and down on on the guitar strings, and it is so fucking funny and like there's a scene where like he's spinning on it on the guitar head. It's just, oh my god it was just so weird and then we and then we get the yowie right bit but she actually praised the palazzo she did but yeah then she has that naughty dream yeah yeah there's of, of key and il palazzo yeah rolling around in a field <laughs> yeah you get, you get your typical yowie sort of like uh scene of like one le- one guy laying on top of the other guy and like touching their faces and and uh, yeah and so her solution to this is to run headlong into a brick wall. Which I'm sure you were okay with. I mean, that is a... It works. It will get thoughts out of your head and get you to sleep. <laughs> it definitely will. Meanwhile, Watanabe is doing the glass-on-the-wall trick because he's a fucking creeper. <laughs> yeah. And he's yelling and screaming, and he just looks dejected. Oh, I feel so bad for him. I love Watanabe. Oh, he just gets his balls busted constantly this episode. I know, I'm, poor guy. Poor like there's a, there's a really like a couple scenes with him where like the animation is really good. Um, where like he just looks like a, a desiccated corpse, you know, like he's just drained of all life and energy. It's so great. Uh, Key talks to the Minchi and leaves for the stage. Excel wakes up in the morning, upset he's missing. Uh, Hyatt suggests they went to the rock festival. Yes. Um, Il Palazzo tinkers half-assed playing. Mm-hmm. He approaches the producer at the rock festival and gets on stage to thrash, and finally he's going to deliver his message. Yes, we finally are going to get our message to Il Palazzo. Which amounts to, you're screwing around and taking too long with half-assed plans. Basically, <laughs> and Il Palazzo is not pleased by this. He just machine gun murders the TV. He does. <laughs> Which I'm glad Excel wasn't there at the time, or Hyatt, because that would have been them. Right. Yes. Uh, the girls talk about this failure and hope he will be in a good mood. Mm-hmm. Uh, they report they lost the messenger. He threatens them with the machine gun. And uh, I want to talk about this scene a little bit because the, the ending was probably pretty weird to you. You probably didn't understand the, the ending at all. Yeah, I know that um, he's on his boat. He pulls out Ocarina and says for one <laughs> last passionate to... time, he's yeah. going to play the closing theme. There is that, and and that wasn't even the part I was going to talk about. I forgot about that, but um, there was a part even right before that where we get to the closing theme, where um, when you when you had said that they're going to go report that, like, hey, you know, we got the message or whatever, and they're walking down a hallway, and Hyatt is holding a bronze bell, like this giant bronze bell, which is actually the Dotaku. Which is an ancient Japanese bronze bell, okay. which actually is which this this bit I knew I didn't have to look up. Um, there actually is a Pokemon named after this type of bell called Bronzong. Uh, in I can't remember which Pokemon game that came out. It might have been um, I don't know one of the middle games they they made it. Um, it it's, it's like an ancient you know well known cultural thing, kind of like you know like uh like uh what's the bell like the Liberty Bell kind of in okay. a way. So when they go and they face El Palazzo at the very end before we get keys on the ocarina being all like you know link we get hyatt randomly talking like a different character yeah and uh what's going on there and it it makes more sense in the japanese version than does the american version in the japanese version the actress who played hyatt also played the character rory from martian successor nadesco 
which okay. is an anime I love, uh, and it's an anime that uh, was also done by ADV uh, around the exact same time. So, uh, so she starts saying some lines uh, that are similar in the Japanese version to to for Nadesco, and the bell that that uh, she's holding is actually a reference to um, the ship's computer on Nadesco, uh, which the name for the computer translated roughly to heavy bell. Okay. So that was what the hell was going on there. Like, why why is she holding this bell? It's all one big inside joke to kind of promote probably Martian successor Nadesco. And I still barely got it. Yeah, and, you know, and it's one of those things that I wouldn't have got without doing a little bit of the research because of the fact that the English version did it so weird. They didn't really – the reference would have been really clear – for the Japanese audience, because both of those two characters, like Ruri was a character that was probably a lot of people's favorite character from that anime. Um, so that, that connection of the voice actresses would have been really clear. Huh. Yeah. So yeah, then we go to Menchi's theme and we're done with that episode and we're only 40 minutes into our review. Wow. Uh, so wow. Uh, so let's go to our wrap up like we usually do. Bill, you reviewed it. Do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? I can go first. Go ahead. What what, do you, what are your overall kind of impressions this episode? My overall impression was that this was my least favorite episode. Period. Okay. Um. However, I know you felt that way, and now you don't. It's definitely nowhere near even my middle. It's still on very very low on my list. But listening back, there were a lot of things that I did laugh at. And I think maybe this is indicative of the entire series. Okay. In that. Maybe it's not so much that it's bad, but we, or me, don't understand it. Because mm-hmm. as we're going in depth, as we're thinking about it, as we're talking about it, I'm finding myself warming to Excel a little bit. Really? And I feel like that's kind of how this episode happens. Like, you learned a little bit about what the hell they're trying to do, and you warm to it mm-hmm. a little bit. Right. Just like I'm learning what they're trying to do, and even you explaining some of this episode, and I'm starting to warm a little more than I was. Okay. I, I, I'm really thinking that the biggest thing about Excel is it doesn't translate well. I think no. it's, it, it's so, so rooted mm-hmm. in Japanese culture that anybody who's not native to that culture or really, really steeped in it, I just don't think you get it. I don't think you have any clue what's happening or why. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I think that there's a lot. I mean, you, there we've, we've talked about a lot of those references already. You know, not even just the anime references, because the anime references is I think is only one level of it. You know, think think back to like episode three when you know you have like references to Galaxy Express three nine and Maytel. You know, an anime fan, a lot of anime fans will get that joke. You know, maybe some of the more like the one we just talked about with, uh, you know, the ship and the character of Ruri from Martian Successor Nadesco. Not everyone's going to get that. Um, but then there's even a more difficult level. Like I you didn't just even said. know I wasn't getting something. Right, and that and that's the problem with I think with this anime is that if you if you don't have that knowledge, it's really hard to fully enjoy it. I, I don't remember her saying weird lines. I don't remember her carrying the bell. To me, I mean, it must have just been. Yep, there's more random ass shit, so it right over it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and that that cultural stuff, you know, like like the bell, like the like a uh, Sadahara O and the baseball thing, right? You know, yeah, Koshien. If you don't know those things, you're missing so much of it. Right. 
So, so yeah, I, you know, looking at the episode overall and talking about kind of my overall feelings of this particular episode, um, I would have to say that it's not my favorite. It's still going to be pretty low on my list overall, but going back and doing the research and then also some of the, there were some funny parts, you know, that I think brought it out of the, out of the, the gutter. But, um, yeah, I can, I can understand why you wouldn't like the episode. I can understand why it would be frustrating yeah. to have all these things that are dependent upon this knowledge. I, I again, I think that's me and the series in general is that there's so much mm-hmm. that's frustrating to me. I have no clue what's happening. Yeah. And I can it's either write it off of random bullshit or I can, you know, just accept that I don't understand it, but either way it doesn't do me any good. Right. It's not like a you know, a Trigon, a Cowboy Bebop, uh, you know, any of those like like you know, really iconic, you know Where they have their own mythology. Yes, they have their own mythology, Dragon Ball Z, you know, stuff like that where like it's all based on what they built. Right. And not reliance upon an entire culture. Not not to get too deep into the role playing thing, but it's Trigon or Bebop would be like playing Exalted, mm-hmm. where they built their own mythology. It's not based on anything. Mm-hmm. Whereas you know, Excel is so based in the Japanese culture, it'd be like trying to play, um, like like a modern day World of Darkness vampire game right. if you weren't part of Middle America. Yeah, I mean, well, even like something like Legend of the Five Rings that is heavily reliant upon co- the culture of Japan. Oh, it's not supposed to be Japan, but yeah, but at is. least that's fantasy Japan. You kind of can learn some of the changes. But I'm saying, like, if you took somebody who, you know, grew up, let's just say you took somebody out of a, a one of the lost cultures in in South America still, and they mm-hmm. learned enough English to be able to play a role playing game, trying to have them play politics and power in a modern New York City. Right. You just you just don't understand it. I know that yeah, that's it, a little bit of an extreme case, but No, but it makes sense. That's what I'm trying to get at is it's just I have no idea what's happening because I don't have any Swiss, mm-hmm. you know, I don't have an understanding of Japanese culture. Aside right. from my like sushi. I mean, that's like literally all I have. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's that's kind of my overall thoughts. Um liked it a lot more than I thought I did originally. Um, with the research, but still not a great episode overall. Right. Thank you so much for joining us here uh, on Tuning Japanese, and thank you for people, uh, the people that showed up on our Twitch stream. We very much appreciate that. Uh, we will be back next week with episode 22 of Excel Saga, Invasion Mother. And that leaves only, I think, that's five episodes left. And then we're done with the anime and we're going to move on to something else. So uh, we are we are just a little over a month away. Thank you once again for listening. This has been Tuning Japanese, a podcast with three dudes, two dudes in their 30s, <laughs> two dudes and a pile of resumes, talk about anime. Once again, I am the great Mexican anglerfish. My name is Andy. And I am the giant Himalayan anteater, Bill. (laughs) And we will see you next time. Later. Ladies. Out. Thanks for listening to Tuning Japanese. To find out more about the show, visit tuningjapanese.com. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash tuningjapanese. On Twitter at Tuning Japanese and Tumblr at tuningjapanese.tumblr.com. 
You can also send us any questions, suggestions, or feedback by emailing the show at tuningjapanese at gmail.com. Be sure to also leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Tuning Japanese is a part of the Questionable Endeavor Media Network. Visit questnnetwork.com for more information on our other podcasts in this network, including the Shadow Bay Podcast, Rundown Wrestling Podcast, Raw Attitude Podcast, and the Geek and Gamer Guild.